Welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. This story I'm about to tell you tonight is called I'm Convinced My Childhood Best Friend Was a Sociopath From user Ryan the JD Sit back, relax, and fall asleep as you listen to our tales I was in a toxic, borderline abusive friendship with a girl from the ages of 9 to 12 Here's some background information to give you a little understanding of what my life was like back in the late 2000 divided by early 2010. I grew up in a very tumultuous household. My parents hated each other and my extended family, along with my immediate, were plagued by mental illness and drug addiction. So, needless to say, I was a very anxious child who was drawn to unstable people, and suffices it to say, they were drawn to me. I was a shy, 11-year-old girl who, like many others before me, used the internet as a way to vent my frustrations and anger about my home life. This was the time when AOL was the main source of communication used between friends, and I was no stranger to this along with MySpace and Facebook. However, I wasn't like the typical preteens of this era, or so I thought. I kept my profiles private, never accepted a follow or a friend request that I didn't know, and never shared my location on these said profiles. This is the part where I introduced Tanya. Tanya isn't her name of course, as I don't want to use her real name in case she just so happens to read this thread, watches the YouTube channel, or listens to the podcast. So, we'll just call her Tanya. Tanya and I met in elementary school, one of the points in my life where my family situation was quite volatile, and in retrospect, I think she sensed this. I was vulnerable and Tanya took advantage of my innocence. She never really displayed any signs of her true intentions in the beginning, as they never usually do. She would do shady things every now and again, manipulate me into begging my mom to stay on the computer until the wee hours of the morning so we could go on NSFW websites, ghost me when I didn't give her my favorite pen, or yell at me when I couldn't perfect a guitar solo on Guitar Hero. She did some other things to me that I believe my brain blocked out due to trauma. My mom didn't like her either. Parents always have a weird intuition when it comes to friends and I wish to God I would have listened to my mom before Tanya did what she did to me. Tanya's behavior changed for the worse when we turned 11. Tanya was openly jealous of my success in school. Granted she was incredibly smart herself, but she always made it a point to mock me for having great grades and would comment that since I wasn't pretty enough, having good grades would be a nice balance. Nice, right. It took me a while to build my self-esteem up after all of the snide remarks she would make about my weight and my face, and only now as a 22-year-old do I think that I'm beautiful and have a wonderful figure. Anyways, back to Tanya. As a result of her jealousy and growing resentment towards me, she began to plot my downfall. I make no exaggeration either. This girl literally tried to ruin my self-worth even more than she already had. It started in 6th grade, Tanya and I were remarkably close that year, and I wanted to do everything with her. We would talk all day in school, and we would chat all night on AIM. On one particular evening, Tanya and I were talking about boys. Being that we were hormonal preteens, our conversations would usually turn to who we liked in school that day. 
Being that I had a horrible relationship with my father, I didn't really trust boys, even from an early age, so it was rare if I developed a crush on one. I remember Tanya and I's conversation going a little something like this. T, do you know Mark? R, the kid in my class. Yeah, why? T, I heard he like likes you. R, what? No way. T, totally, he told me. Do you want me to talk to him and give him your username? R, yes of course. OMG thank you, Tanya. My heart was racing. A boy liked me. Impossible. When Tanya told me that she would give Mark my username for AIM I nearly exploded in my seat. Eleven year old me couldn't believe I was going to have my first real boyfriend. How wrong I was. Fast forward to the next night, I was getting ready for bed when I heard the famous AOL ding sound off on my iPod touch. You know the sound I'm talking about. When I checked the notification, it was a message from Markaboy99. I turned red. Tanya had really talked to Mark and gave him my user. She was truly the best. He messaged me with the usual, hey, emphasis on the three Y's, and I responded, hey. I didn't want to come off as desperate so I only used one Y. Not even one minute later he messaged me back. We talked all night about everything. Our days, how school was, what type of syllabans we liked, typical 11 year old stuff. I have to admit, I was smitten right off the bat. I think it was partly because I never really had a boy like me before and the other part was that my self esteem was so low that I never thought a boy would be capable of liking me. Also, it could have been because Mark was one of the most popular boys in school at that time. He played football, was mouthy to the teachers, and was extremely outgoing. All the things a young girl would be attracted to. We talked for months, and my puppy loved growing for him more and more every time we chatted. Of course, I never spoke to him on the phone, nor did I get his phone number, because why would you do that, right? All the while I was speaking to him, Tanya would be gassing me up, telling me how proud she was of me, and that I deserved a boyfriend. My suspicions of Mark only began to grow when I attempted to approach him during school hours. Again, I had anxiety so I would never really speak to Mark outside of AIM. When I went to talk to him, Mark looked confused, as if he's never had a conversation with me before in his life. He turned away from me on the playground and walked to be with his other friends. How weird. This wasn't like him. He was usually so chatty with me online that I expected him to welcome me with open arms in person. My ego was bruised. My little 11-year-old mind tried to rationalize this behavior by chalking it up to him not wanting to talk to the nerd since he was so popular, and that he just preferred to keep our relationship online. I told Tanya the news and she seemed to be genuinely heartbroken for me. She was just as angry as I was and vowed to confront Mark later that day during music class. I was happy. Tanya had my back and as far as I knew she was going to tell Mark off about him being a total jerk to me. Well, it worked. Later that night I got a message from Mark telling me how sorry he was for ignoring me and that he was just going through some family things. Back in love, I was. I didn't care that Mark ignored me during school, I didn't care that he rejected my advances in person. As long as I had him to talk to online and Tanya's support, I was fine. I even told my mom about him and she was extremely happy for me as well. Another month passed and it was March 31st, 2011. Mark messaged me and told me that he had something very important to tell me the next day. The anxiety began. What was it? What did he have to tell me? At that point I considered myself and Mark to be dating so I was anxious that he was either going to break it off with me or that he was going to make us public in school the next day. 
I told my mom and Tanya, almost on the verge of tears, how excited and nervous I was. Well, the next day, April 1st, 2011 rolled around, and this is what followed. It was around 7pm and I was on Club Penguin as I usually was until I heard a familiar ding. It was Mark. It was time for the news I'd been waiting for all day. Mark, hey babe. R, oh my god, hey. I've been waiting for you to chat with me all night. Mark, sorry babe, I was at practice. Are you ready for the news? I was shaking with anticipation at this point. Even writing this now, a whole swell of emotions is resurfacing. R, yes, of course. It was then that Mark sent me a picture. I opened it but only it wasn't Mark, it was Tanya, and she was holding a handwritten sign that said, Happy April Fool's Day. XD at first, I started laughing and I mean it was an ugly laugh. Of course, it was a prank. Tanya had gotten me so good, right? Right. Well, Ron. It was then that the realization hit me that I started to sob. I felt betrayed and like a loser. Tanya had been behind Mark all along and she had been planning this big joke since October of 2010. She had been so jealous that she pretended to be someone else and string along my emotions when she knew I was already in a rough place mentally. She told me that I was stupid to even think that Mark would even like me in the first place and that I was dumb for not asking for his number. Tanya had been at this for six months. An 11-year-old girl plotted Mark, used him to make me think that a boy liked me and tricked me into believing that I had a boyfriend, all the while telling me when we hung out that she was happy for me and that Mark and I were a cute couple. I told my mom who then called her mom. My mother was livid, to say the least. She told Tanya's mom to tell her daughter never to speak to me again. I was crushed. My best friend of three years had catfished me because she simply wanted to play a joke. I was loyal to her and she toyed with my emotions because she could. Tanya had tried multiple times to guilt trip me into being her friend again in the months that followed leading into seventh grade. One of the more memorable and honestly messed up times was when she messaged me a few days after my birthday in August to tell me that her mother had just died in a horrible car crash. Her body was dismembered and they could only find her head and wedding ring. As anyone would be, I was in tears. Tanya's mother was nothing but lovely to me and learning that she died in such a violent way crushed my soul. I started talking to Tanya again, asking her when her mother's funeral would be. Tanya then revealed to me seconds later after speaking to her about the grisly details of her mother's passing that she was kidding and was pranking me again, and that I was stupid to believe her. She even sent a video of her laughing at me. I was disgusted. Who would even say something like that? What now 12-year-old would message someone that their mother was dismembered in a car crash? She then revealed her ugly and quite frankly evil intentions when we were at the beginning of 7th grade and she became friends with a girl named Kaylee. They both invited me to sit with them at their lunch table and because I was desperate for friends, I stupidly accepted, only to be met with hordes of insults and laughter behind my back every chance I wasn't looking. Tanya then messaged me one night telling me to kill myself and that the world would be a much better place without me in it. She had Kaylee tell me to go jump off of a bridge. Tanya told me that she hated me and was never really my friend to begin with, that I deserved all of the pain she put me through the year prior. I again told my mom, who then called the police. She had had enough of Tanya and so had I for four years I had put up with Tanya's malicious behavior and I just couldn't handle it anymore. 
My mom made me delete my AIM account and Tanya's mom told her to never contact me again or else. My mom also advised me to move lunch tables, but I was hell-bent on not letting Tanya win. For the entirety of 7th grade, I sat at the same table as Tanya. Only I spoke to my friends on the other side of the table. I never spoke to her, looked at her, or gave her any sort of attention. Haley was scared to death of me afterward too, as the police had gotten in contact with her family as well. It's been 10 years and I still haven't spoken to Tanya. I am now 22 years old, have two bachelor's degrees, one in psychology and the other in history, and I am now working towards my master's in clinical social work. Tanya did other things to me, too, that I could write a whole other story about, but I think writing this one helped give me closure on the part of my childhood that scarred me for years. I thank God for my mom stepping in when she did because I don't know where I'd be without her. As for Tanya, I don't know where she is or what she's doing, and I really rather not. On the off chance she stumbles upon this story, I have a message for her. Your jealously and wishes for death upon me did not win, and I truly hope that karma does not come around one day to bite you in the ass. Tanya, let's never meet again. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day.